this editorially independent podcast is supported by Visit Flanders. Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, I don't like to talk about uh, too much about accidents. So uh, it was a car accident. I was uh, moving some furniture from yeah the yeah the house near the brewery where my parents uh, live to uh, the house where I'm living in uh, Alst. And so uh, a truck uh, just drove in yes in the van what uh, in the van where I was sitting in, and it was thrown out. And yes, I had uh, several. Um, uh, yes, uh, several, uh, what do you call it? Uh, operations? Yeah, operations, but also uh, backbones broken. And so uh, ah, okay. and so this made me, yes, uh, uh, give me uh, reduced mobility. And so uh, I have to go through with it in life. But okay, that is not the end. Eh? So the uh, nicest thing is that you... Uh, yeah, you and, and so this was this was on this was on um, the road from Kortrijk to Ghent. The highway, yes. Uh, and yeah. and a, a, a truck came into into the side of your truck. Yeah, and yes, and I was thrown out of that van, and so Th- okay. through the window. Yeah, yeah, indeed, and so uh, and onto the road. On the road, yes. And no, so there, was it com- cars coming past? Yeah. So it was, uh, as a matter of fact, it was ejected uh, in the opposite direction. So it's uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, don't try to find an explanation for certain things it's impossible but uh, yeah uh, that's, and can uh, you remember it or was it something no, that you no so you just wake up in the hospital yeah I wake up in the hospital yes uh, after in Ghent. Yeah, in Ghent yes indeed that's Karel Vraha he's the owner together with his brother Peter Vraha of Brauri Vraha a Belgian family brewery based in Vechte, in West Flanders, which is most famous for a beer of mixed fermentation called the Duchesse de Bourgogne. In 2012, Carol was involved in a serious road traffic accident in which he almost died. He broke several bones in his ribs and in his back and today has limited mobility. But for some reason, he returned to work at first in a wheelchair, and now able to go short distances with a walking aid. In the face of change in Belgium over the last generation, why persist with a West Flemish red-brown beard like the Duchesse in 2020? Can you live on tradition alone, just looking back, as we see many elements of heritage being lost all over the world? And what exactly does Brauri Verha stand for? After his accident, when you've had a near-death experience and you've had the chance to reflect on your life, why did he return to work at the brewery? My name is Brandon Kearney and this is the Belgian Smack Podcast. Karel Vraga grew up in Victor, where the brewery is located. It's in the Leestrijk, 
a region named for the River Lea, which flows from Pas-de-Calais in France into the River Schelt at Ghent. The river defines the region, cutting through rich agricultural land made famous by Flemish luminous painters, and walking trails and cycling routes continue to attract visitors. The river promoted the spinning and weaving of flax, creating prosperous but densely urbanised cities which are now home to large industrial parks, especially around Kortrijk, Gurne, Haralbika and Wadachem. The duality of the Leestrijk, so that's understated beauty and dominating industry, extends to everything Vrhaha. Cattle is gentle and softly spoken, but he's rooted in the hard-edged technical business of brewing. The brewery itself is in part an historic building of protected national heritage, but in newer sections bears the grey, faceless facade of modern Belgian functionality. The Duchesse itself exhibits all the romance and the heritage of slow maturation in wood, but it's marketed and distributed efficiently in export markets all around the world. It's the region of Flemish red-brown beer, or Flanders Red, or Old Brown, depending on who you ask. Americans have tended to differentiate Flanders Red as being produced in the area around the Leestreek in wood, and Old Brown as being produced in stainless steel in East Flanders. But there are loads of examples of Old Brown in West Flanders produced in wood, Frisette, Van Honsbroek, Van de Walle, and different style names have popped up as the breweries have submitted applications to the European Union for designation of origin protection, all of which have failed. We're in Belgium though, so we don't have to put anything in boxes. Brouwerie Verhaga was established in 1885 by Karel's great-grandfather Paul Verhaga, together with his half-brother Adolf Verhaga. Now during the First World War, they were forced to deal with a widespread economic collapse and the westward advance of German soldiers who were just executing Belgian civilians and deliberately destroying towns in a series of punitive actions that were collectively known as the Rape of Belgium. Now Paul and Adolf survived, but the brewery was dismantled and its copper was repurposed for German artillery. But then when they were rebuilding a train line from Eklo to Kortrijk, Belgian rail line L05 was established after the First World War which facilitated the building of a new train station in Vichte, just a few hundred metres from Brauerie Vraha. It connected the village to Brussels and to other parts of Europe. And then Paul Verhaga's sons married into other brewing families, accumulating a network of cafes for Brauerie Verhaga. So by the time Leon Verhaga and Victor Verhaga took over in 1937, the brewery had become a strong regional player. They also began producing lagers, like many other breweries in Belgium post-World War II, but Brauerie Verhaga held on to its heritage, winning several awards in the 50s for its mixed fermentation oak-aged beers. Karel and Peter's father Jacques took control of the brewery in 1973 with his cousin Pierre Verhaga, and together they continued building both their lager and Flemish red-brown brands. Young Karel and Peter grew up amongst the tanks and the fooders, learning to ride their bikes on the grounds of the brewery and listening to their father and uncle venerate the family name.
This is part one. Karel. Yes, the Leestreek is a region, uh, it's a port, it's the southern port of West Flanders. Uh, so um, we have some smaller hills. It's at the foot of the Flemish Ardennes. It's a very nice region, for, especially for people who love biking. Um, so we have also uh, a lot of old breweries in our region. Uh, so uh, we have uh, quite uh, famous uh, breweries and they are well spread. Uh, their pubs are well spread also in this region. So, for example, we have the brewery de Brabandre, we have brewery uh, van der Ginste, we have brewery Verhagen. A bit further on in the north, we have brewery van Onsebroek. So uh, we have quite a lot of, of nice breweries and also they are producing nice beers. And, you know, one of the things about this region is it's kind of the the birthplace or if not the birthplace, the, 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 the place most associated with the, the Belgian style of old brown or Flemish red brown ale, which is a beer of mixed fermentation and a beer style for which your brewery is quite well known. Um, you took over the brewery from your father, Jacques, yes, in right. 1991. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had to, what sort of a, what sort of a scenario did you inherit in terms of the, the state of the brewery, the type of products that you had, and what were the decisions that you know you kind of had to take at that time? Yes. So, uh, to be honest, we took over the brewery in very bad condition. And so it was, uh, the brewery was run in those times by uh, my father and his uh, um, cousin. And so uh, my father was, uh, was is, uh, he's still alive, is a real brewer, so he wants to continue the production. Um, my, the cousin of my father was looking for a takeover by a bigger brewery and uh, yes, to lay down the production. So uh, after yeah, many decades of non-investment, um, yeah, we could, we were in the possibility to take over the parts, the shares of my, of the cousin. And so my brother and I started in 1991 uh, to run the brewery. And so the first question that arose, uh, arose in those times was, what will we brew as beer? So, and we were still thinking, so, okay, this was a time when the uh, Blanche uh, was very popular. Uh, saying, yeah, brewing a Blanche in West Flanders is not a typical beer of that region. So, and we will be the, uh, yes, again, an, uh, a copy more uh, of the Blanche. So uh, we made a reflection, okay, wherefore is brewery Verage famous, well-known? And it was for, uh, and we came to the, to the conclusion for the West Flemish red brown beers. Uh, so it was not very popular that style in those times, and it's still hard um, to sell it because it's yeah, it's a typical taste. And uh, okay, but nevertheless, we start um, with um, yes, with the production of the Vichtenaar in those times, and uh, a bit further on, we had also a style, a bit stronger style. And we uh, made it, uh, we start brewing it again, and uh, we called it Duchess of Burgundy, Duchess de Bourgogne. And I mean, w- when you were kind of talking to people at that early stage, were they really saying to you, look, you know, wheat beers, Belgian wheat beers, Blanche are popular, you know, why don't you guys just brew that? I mean, was it, was, were wheat beers so ubiquitous that every brewery had one? 
Yes, that's right. A lot of uh, the brewers and especially the brewers uh, with uh, who are owning who were owning a lot of pubs, uh, they had uh, to complete their uh, range. They were brewing also their blanche. Uh, so, uh, but we had we had and we still have also uh, a number of pubs. But okay, we didn't want to to brew it because it was our conclusion. Uh, so uh, not to brew it. Uh, to be, uh, we were in search. Uh, so. Uh, for authenticity, uh, authenticity, and that's the main reason why we start brewing uh, our uh, our Flemish red brown beer, and we made it a flagship of it. Was there a time in this region when you know you would have gone into a cafe and most people would be drinking? Brown. Yes, that's right. So in those times, uh, in the eighties, still in the eighties, there was a lot of um, pubs that were uh, serve, that served um, uh, Flemish red brown beer on draft. Uh, so we had the hype of then of the Blanche, and it was replaced by the Blanche. So a lot of distributors said in the beginning period of my brother and myself. So okay, why didn't don't you? Uh, brew uh, a popular beer? But again, so uh, we choose for the. Yeah, for the authenticity and so uh, we continue to, to, to brew uh, our West Flemish red brown beer, the Duchess of Burgundy The the Vichtenaar and the Duchess are two beers that kind of you have been involved in creating in those, in, in the 90s Yes What what types of beer, old brown beer would you have been brewing going back you know, in, in your father's time and your grandfather's time? Yes, we had a whole range of uh, West Flemish red brown beers and it started with uh, the regular table beer. It was a beer of 0.8% uh, of by volume. We have then a stronger version, the 3.5. That was not for only for table, it was uh, already a, bit, a little bit a better beer. And then in those times, yes, the best that was available was the Vichtenaar 5.1. But in the 90s, yes, uh, special beers uh, came up and, uh, okay, we want to have, to follow the trend, to have a bit a stronger version. And that's why we decided to brew um, the 6.2, the Duchess of Burgundy. So Karel and Peter take over in 1991 and launch a new beer, the Duchesse de Bourgogne. The Duchess of Burgundy was a prominent figure from the era of Burgundian rule in Belgium, which stretched across the 15th and 16th centuries. Mary of Burgundy was born in Brussels in 1457 and ruled over France and the Low Countries. Like Karel Verhaha, she was involved in a serious accident which affected her spine. During a falcon hunt in the woods near Wainendal Castle, an historic residence just 45 kilometres north of where Brauri Verhaha lies today, her horse tripped, threw her in a ditch, and then landed on top of her, breaking her back. She died several weeks later from her injuries and was buried in Bruges, aged just 25. Verhaha's Duchesse de Bourgogne would be a beer of 6.2% ABV with a deep reddish colour, red fruit character and a rich full body with an intense kind of balsamic acidity. A beer which certainly draws comparison to the wines of Burgundy. The brewery logo of Brauerei Verhaa is a coat of arms linked to both the crest of the castle in Vechte 
and that of the German town of Omersheim, with which Victor is twinned. The coat of arms features a lion on either side and a crown on top, similar to the lions and crown that appear on the coat of arms of Belgium. From a distance, it looks as if the brewery logo is an emblem of Belgian royalty, existing solely to honour a king or queen, or maybe even a duchess. They might have been a small family brewery from a West Flemish village, but they aspired to creating a beer fit for royal consumption. The Duchesse did okay when it first came out. Cattle worked hard to try to get it into as many trade networks as he could. But at the end of the 1990s, Cattle Verhaga was approached by a representative of Interbrew, now Anheuser-Busch InBev. With the ambition of one day becoming the biggest brewer in the world, Interbrew planned on offering a portfolio of beers which covered a range of flavours to cafes everywhere. They began an initiative they called the Belgian Beer Café Project, essentially setting up a chain of concept café restaurants specialising in Belgian-inspired food and Belgian beers. The beer menu would consist of brands they had purchased, Hoogarden would be their wit beer, Leffe would be their Abbey-style ale, Stella Artois would be their Pilsner, but Interbrew didn't have a beer with the sweet and sour flavour profile of the Flemish Red Brown. So the Duchesse de Bourgogne, a niche beer from, let's be honest, a small brewery who wouldn't disturb the status quo or, or compete with Interbrew's beers, was invited to become a part of their portfolio for the project. The Duchesse became featured in the menu of Belgian beer cafes in 50 cities spread out over 19 countries. Brauerie Verhaha were soon signing deals with new importers from around the world. Now it's not uncommon for Belgian family brewers to piggyback on the commercial initiatives of global conglomerates, but I wanted to ask Carol what he would do if a bigger brewery he had worked with before tried to buy Brauerie Verhaha. So if um, if uh, if a gentleman arrived here from from Leuven, um, maybe maybe he's Brazilian, and he says, "Look, we would like to buy Verhaha. We'll write a big check for you." Um, what would your What would your reply be? Yes, my reply of um, we we already had several offers in that uh, direction. Now uh, uh, we we are a family brewery. We know that uh, we have to struggle, uh, uh, and one generation uh, has uh, is more successful than the other. But maybe because yeah, the conditions in which it's uh, the brewery has to to work are more um, uh, favorable uh, favorable uh, than than for other generations. Uh, but it's a part of the family and okay, uh, my brother and I am and sister as well uh, we are working here to give, uh, with, with the goal to give or to transmit the brewery in better conditions as we have to the next generation uh, that's another philosophy than uh, let's, let's say, a lot of new small microbreweries, they are doing nice business and then for them okay, the main goal is yeah, after 30 yeah, let's say 20, 30 years to sell the brewery to, to an investor and uh, okay to make big money out of it. Now for us is it's to transmit the brewery in, in the best um, conditions to the next generation 
and to pursue, uh, the pursuit, the, the 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 generation chain, and so uh, we are uh, a part of that chain. And if we don't want to be that part, the chain is broken and is finished uh, with the brewery. So we want just uh, okay to to yeah to be a part of that chain and nothing more, nothing less. Brewery Verha's business relies on the duchess and on the fact that this style of beer takes time and specialist knowledge. So is it possible to brew Flemish red-brown beer in other parts of the world? And if so, is that a threat to the existence of Brauerei Vraha? Yes, you can do everything outside of Belgium, I think. But again, so authenticity means also respect over for a certain region, I think. And so, uh, and I think, yeah, okay. Uh, if you say uh, we claim it, uh, if you call the beer as West Flemish red brown beer, yeah, it should be brewed in West Flanders at least, I think. So you can do everything abroad. I think technology is uh, that powerful. It gives that uh, much opportunities, that much uh, possibilities uh, that you can do everything wherever you want on the world. So uh, that's not uh, something to claim uh, that you say, okay, the only the best is made uh, only in that region. No, I think you can do it everywhere, but I think it's in the respect of the region if you say it's a West Flemish red brown beer that it should be at least brewed and bottled in, in that region. Have you tasted any beers which the Duchesse inspired in other parts of the world? And if so... What were your impressions? Yes, um, I think um, uh, what lo- a lot of craft brewers are doing, they are trying not to, they are not looking to make a, a copy or for a copy. They are always making something uh, with their own minds. Uh, and so uh, I think they want to to, um, to accentuate such a taste more in one direction or another. But what I remain of the most of the microbreweries who are making West Flemish red brown beer styles abroad is that they only are accentuating or mainly accentuating the sourness of the beer. And they are looking for extremely sour beers. But that's not what a West Flemish sour, red brown sour is. A West Flemish red brown beer is a good balance between the fruitiness of the oak and the sourness of the beer, uh, and uh, also the touches of of of, um, of the tannins. That's what we are looking for for a, a rich, well balanced beer. And I think that's more or less a secret of most of the Belgian beers. And so we are looking more for balanced, well balanced beers, and are not looking for more so, um, the extreme tastes. Hello. Hello. Is that Isabel? Yes, it is. So this is Isabel Amon, Carol's wife. They met at a party and got married in their 40s. After the accident, Isabel was working at a large Belgian bank, but joined Peter Verhaha and Mercedes Verhaha to try to help run the brewery while her husband was recovering. I wanted to ask Isabel about Carol. What's he like as a person? I, I guess I'm trying to figure out, you know, in his relationship with his family and his parents, was there anything that, you know, aside yeah, from he, commercial... He likes to keep tradition, eh? and that you also find that in his beer, no? Of course, tradition but if... Tradition is important. But if you, if, you, if you just live on tradition alone, then, then, you know, you may not survive commercially. And the interesting thing about the Duchesse, of course, is that 
it's had quite a bit of success in different... It's about the tradition in mind, therefore not in the tradition how you do it. What, what do you mean by that? It's, it's, your, it's a mental tradition, if I may say. You want to keep up the tradition as they are. Of course, you're going to work not anymore. We have today a PC and, and, and telephone and GSM, of course. Huh? Mm-hmm. Tradition doesn't mean that you cannot uh, that you cannot evolve also with with the uh, with modern techniques. Huh? Of course, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, tradition is more a set, uh, a set of mind. Huh? And is that something that tradition is? Is it important because of the family connection to what his father and yes, grandfather was I doing, think so. yes, or or I to do with so. the region? No, no. What I think indeed it has really to do with the family and the family values. So was there an element of okay, if I if I abandon Flemish red brown, then it's kind of like a little bit like abandoning. You know the kind of the heritage, the family connections, and everything. Or is that over? Are abandoning the tradition that he, how he has the way he has been, uh, 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 yeah, how 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 he grew up. In fact, you've been married to Carol since two thousand and five, right? Yes. So if you had to, um, if you had to tell me his three, you obviously know him know him quite well. If you had to tell me his three personality strongest personality traits, what would you say? I should uh, uh, perform. Um, yeah, how do you say it in English? Doorzetter, uh, someone who wants really to go to go through and, and continue, still work, uh, continue. How do you say it? Doorzetter. Uh, yes, it's always. Oh yeah, a go, a go getter, going, a go getter. When, yeah, when, someone... when something is going wrong, even if it's not going well, it's not just say, ha, it's not going well. I stop it and and and, and I, I I just know when it's not going well uh, in not in the direction that he wants, but still continue and still fight. No, that's, that's a fighter. A, in fact, he's a fighter. Okay, what's the second and third? Uh, well, I think uh, I hope that's of course my impression is he's a very gentle guy. Okay, so we've got uh, he's a fighter. He's Gentle, and the third one. He's not. Um, he, he 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 also take into account other people. So he's not certainly not an. Um, for him also, it's important that not only he, he is going well, but also the others are doing well. Definitely. So yeah. For him, it's it's very important. It's uh, yeah. The comfort zone is larger than his own person. This is part two, Amory. So I need to, to think that I don't say stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you wanna say something off the record, just say off the record, and then I. I oh no no! Every everything can be on the record. <laughs> they use they are used to my bullshit. <laughs> so this is Amory. Amory Kervin Dode Morechem. He's the brewery's dark-haired, handsome, kind of smooth-talking export manager. But his arrival to the brewery came after the accident when Carol was working a lot less 
and when Isabel had gone back to work at the bank. Export sales of Duchesse would have suffered dramatically had someone not come in. And I think Carol sees something of his younger self in Amory, a kind of fun-loving guy with a passion for commercial risk-taking and an innate energy which maybe Carol had lost after the accident. Carl and I, we have a very strange story together. Uh, so what happened is that um, Carl is a friend of my dad. And so they were on high school together. But uh, my dad speaks French and Carl is from the, the Flemish. And so they were always joking because you know, you know what's happening in Belgium. Yeah, uh, so it was a little bit yeah, like joking. And then they totally forgot uh, to speak themselves for 30 years. And after 30 years, uh, after the car crash of Carl, Carl uh, called my, my dad to say, hey, it's a long time ago. What are you doing in your life? Where do you live? Blah, blah, blah. And so uh, my, my dad said, okay, you know what? Uh, let's meet. And so they, they met uh, at my home. And at this time, I was uh, I was student uh, in marketing. Where did you study? In Brussels? Or? Yes. And, uh, and I wanted to... I was in a project to create my, my beer. Huh? And uh, I needed to have a cartoon um, for my four-pack. And I called the Smith, but the Smith because I was a student, they they basically they say uh, fuck fuck you. <laughs> so uh, Carl told me, okay, uh, say that you are from me, and I called back and oh, I'm already hello, very nice with me. And so uh, he invited me because I had interest in, in the beer. He invited me to uh, Orecatel. Huh? There I saw the booth, the stand of Carl, very old. Not so nice. Uh, Orica Expo, the same. And then I, I told to Carl, okay, uh, I do marketing. I can do a nice stand for you. Uh, and I can do community uh, management and, you know, as a student. And so it starts. And then um, in 2016, uh, there was, Ukraine was still a little bit touchy, you know, uh, almost the war. And uh, he needed to go to Ukraine for uh, a trade show. And he told me, can you go there? Because, you know, it was less safe. So I went there with uh, Marco Passarella from... Uh, yes, Olivier de Joet, um, Jos van der Molen, uh, almost every key people in the, in the beer. And Carl told them to... to <laughs> keep an eye on you. To keep an eye on me. And after uh, Marco uh, called uh, Carl, and he said, okay, if you don't take him as export, I take him. <laughs> so, so um, but I was still in study. I was in my last year and um, I needed to do a uh, yeah, memoir uh, and uh, the And uh, I failed. It was, uh, I needed to organize a party in Brussels uh, and in the Cannes Festival. But there was a terrorist attack just the day before. Ah, yeah, what, what, when was that? Was that... 2016. That's right, I so uh, yeah, my party was the day after, so cancelled. So it had been planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just couldn't do it. Yeah, so uh, it cancelled. So I needed to say also to to the university, yeah, I failed. I cannot do present you my job. And so uh, in three weeks, I needed to do a whole new project, and I made it with uh, with Carl with the brewery. In fact, Carl uh, <laughs> write it 50% of my memory. <laughs> Almost everything. And what was it about? 
It was about the future of the brewery in the mid-term, how yeah. to grow uh, and how to make the Duchesse brand uh, successful. And till today, we are following the, the plan. Uh, it, was, it, it was a good plan. And, um, and then uh, I heard from the university that I, was, that I received my, my degree the day of Belgian beer weekend. And I was pouring beer for Carl at the Grand Place. Grand Place in Brussels. And I was just in front of the big, uh, the big horloge. And I, I saw the hours, dung, 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 and no news, no news, because my best friend was there and needed to hear on, on the room who failed and who passed, and he forgot to call me. So at seven, he called me and said, you passed. And so I went to Carl and said, I passed. And he said, OK, I already buy the car. So, <laughs> so I started like two weeks after. Oh, wow, that's brilliant. And since, since that, um, export, 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 export. Uh, I'm always in the export. Carl and Peter took the marketing plan Amarie produced for his marketing degree and began implementing parts of it in the business. Uh, the idea was to find the star product and to find the best retail channels and things like this. Uh, we, were, we are not in the retail in Belgium. And the big idea was to put in the deluxe retail uh, and to also make a Duchesse Gamma. Now the, you have Duchesse de Bourgogne, but we are also famous now because we have uh, three Duchesse. We have Duchesse Cherry and we have Chocolate Cherry. And in September, we launched a new Duchesse for America. Uh, Duchesse Petite. Petite? Yeah. So and Duchesse Petite is the Rodenbach classic of uh, Pike Duchesse. So it's a beer from 4.5 ABV. Uh, and we, we launched that in Cannes for the American market. Amari brings me on a tour of the brewery. So that was the old office? Yeah. Uh, until uh, 10 years ago. So that was the office of Carl. You had Mercedes there, the sister of, uh, of Carl, and you had Carl, and that's it, that was the brewery. Boom, two, and uh, that's it. Very small. It's an old school office, right? And, yeah, and, and there was a, it was super cold in this office. Yeah, yeah that's very old school office. <laughs> no, yeah, you have, uh, no, it's for the workers, for the lunch. So we have big projects for here. Um, There's a lot of work here. So just outside the brew house, uh, which has been recently renewed, they've got a, a new high-spec brewery system, we bump into Peter Verhaha, Carol's brother. Peter leads the production team and he takes sole responsibility for food management and blending. He's friendly and he smiles, but he comes across as a little bit shy and... I get the feeling he's uncomfortable speaking in English. So you know Peter? Yeah, I uh, don't think I've met him before. Hi, Peter. Hello. Hello. <laughs> that's Peter Bahar. Peter is the brother of Cal. Yeah, Cal's brother. And you're also involved in production here? He's the man who try all the food. He's the, fooder, fooder he's the inventor <laughs> of the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. yeah, the man behind the dishes. Uh, busy times with the new brew house. Yeah, busy times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's new druk met the new. Oh yeah, it's Nederlands. Yeah, a little Nederlands, but here in West takes me inside the brewery now to show me a new space which they have created with this new Duchesse Gamma in mind. Areas where they can work with fruit for the Duchesse Cherry 
and the Duchesse chocolate cherry. Yeah, and then that's a new room from uh, this year. That's Lager Tank, eh? Yeah. So they are, they are new, actually. And here, that's a very new room since uh, January. So you see, eh? we just put a roof. Yeah. And a new wall. Yeah. Why? Because it's for the Duchess Sherry. And all this, so when the Duchess is ready, we put it there and we add 20 kilo per 100 liter of real cherries from Limburg. Okay. And we bought it uh, six months. But is that, is, that a, is that the real fruit or the juice from the real cherry? No juice. So it's the real hip, fruit. hips and all? Yeah. The it's a uh, Krieg Gorsen. The skin as well? The, the skin, the noyau. So it must be held to clean. Yeah. We put everything inside because that, that gives the taste. And then, yeah, the filtration, it's a mess. It's a big mess. But it's the only way to have a yeah, proper taste. We are, we, for, for, this, uh, for the Duchess Sherry, we are not playing in, in the Lindemans or Commercial Creek or, uh, or Saint Louis or stuff like this. No, it's, uh, we are more in the Trifontaine Creek and uh, Cantillon Creek. This is the, the real fruit. I think it's more expensive and it takes more time because it takes, it takes six months of maturation. But when you taste it, you understand why. And is, is this product works well for you guys? Yeah. It sounds well. Before, yeah, of course, now with the Corona, it's, uh, but um, it was working so well that last year, uh, I, I was thinking that the production will be enough for 10 countries. So at 10 countries who want it, one country take everything. Boom. Really? Yeah, uh, fully sold out. And they were asking, 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 and I was like, eh, no beer. So now, Amari takes me to the fooder rooms. So here, it's 180 hectoliters. So what's important to know, as you see, it's renovated by Segamoro. Yeah. Who is Segamoro? Segamoro is the number one of creating and renovating fooders in France. Yeah, I, Because I, I, we buy all our fooders from at least minimum Saint-Emilion Grand Cru uh, wineries. Why? Because Saint-Emilion Grand Cru, category A and B, they are the only one in the world who still do that. The other ones, the other wineries, they take small barrels, cheaper and faster. So these ones are very, very difficult to find. But um, Chateau Pavie, uh, Chateau Grulago, Chateau Talbot, they use them for uh, eight years. And after eight years, we buy it from them. Because after eight years, the, the tannin of the wood is less uh, strong. Yeah. And it's perfect for us to, to, because if we take new wood, the tannin of the wood is way too strong and it will destroy the beer. Yeah. So after eight years, it's way more soft. And yeah, you still have this wine effect, who come also. Um, because the wood is way softer. So the big difficulty is to clean it in a good way so that we don't put all this wine and tannin protection out. So we have a very special process to, to clean it in a, in a good way. Uh, because if we clean it too much and that the wood is new again, yeah, then uh, it's the, the beer is destroyed. So at every step it goes to the lab, so we, we see more or less who's who, 
but uh, to be honest, the only way to be sure that the, to find back the taste that we want is not a lab, it's uh, the human taste. So uh, Peter is the only guy in the world who can, who will who try all the fooders and who can blend. Uh, we blend approximately six fooders together uh, to make the dishes because every fooder has a different taste and we don't want to have one more acidic, one more uh, fruitness. That's, we, we don't want that, we want to balance. And so that's why it's super important for us to, uh, to make a, a blending because if you blend by six, it's always the same taste, you know, and that, that's the most important thing for us. The conversation turns to Carol again and about his mindset and his focus and his obsession with tradition. How does he balance selling an old style of beer in a fast-changing international market with staying true to the traditions of his family and of the region? Does he push himself too much? Like how many people, for example, were involved in export before Amari came on board? It was a Carl. A Carl, yeah. yeah, Carl uh, did everything. Carl is the MacGyver of the brewery. No, Carl, uh, it's, uh, you need to know that this company is the life of Carl. Carl uh, worked uh, six days on seven in the brewery. Uh, and with his car crash, he wake up at four in the morning. He go to the physical therapist. Uh, yeah. He go to the physical therapist, and then he, at six he has an extra gym. Uh, so very early in the morning, and he come here at ten, and he work from ten to six seven. He go back home, uh, go back to sleep, and then uh, he do that six days on the seven. And the seventh day, the Sunday, the, he works. He still work the morning. Part three. This part's called The King Wants You There. A truck uh, drove in, yes, in the van, what, uh, in the van where I was sitting in, and it was thrown out. And yes, I had uh, several, um, uh, yes, uh, several, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Operations, yeah, operations, but also uh, backbones broken, and so uh, ah, okay. and so this made me yes, uh, uh, give me uh, reduced mobility, and so uh, I have to go through with that in life. But okay, that is not the end. And so uh, nicest thing is that you, uh, yeah, you. And, uh, so this was this was on this was on um, the road from Kortrijk to Ghent. The highway, yes. Uh, and yeah. and a, a, a truck came into into the side of your truck. Yeah, yes, and I was thrown out of that van, and so through, through the window. Yeah, yeah, indeed, and so. Uh, and onto the road. On the road, yes. No, so there, was it? cars coming past yeah so it was uh, as a matter of fact it was ejected uh, in the opposite direction so it's uh, yeah uh, sometimes uh, don't try to find an explanation for certain things it's impossible but uh, yeah uh, that's, and can you remember it or was it something no, that you no so you just wake up in the hospital yeah I wake up in the hospital yes uh, after uh, in Ghent yeah, in Ghent yes indeed 
And so uh, Boko, okay, those things, such things happen, and uh, okay, uh, you have to to accept those things. And once accepted, uh, you meet such a lot of nice people who are always prepared to help you. Uh, I think that's life. Uh, okay. That's, I mean, so I mean, it's it's a you know, uh, it's it's a big accident, and it has a, an impact on your mobility, but also it must be frustrating mentally because you can't do all the things that you knew you could do before. Yes. What's what's it like when you come back for the first time to to work here, and and also why did you want to come back? Going yes. through something like that, just to test and to see what I could do, but uh, I can't hide it. Uh, so uh, the frustration was great. So uh, I was sitting in my wheelchair, so uh, I couldn't open uh, 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 to, to get a file or, or whatever. I need help uh, for everything. No, uh, yeah, okay, I made progress. Uh, uh, thanks God for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, to be always dependent uh, for the slightest thing in life is not so easy. And uh, okay, but um, that's why I'm very respectful for people who are worse in worse condition than I am. And so now I can help myself, but uh, I'm also very grateful uh, for the people who, yeah, who helped me to, to make progress and then to, to push me in a good direction. That's, uh, uh, that's nice, nicest things you, you can have in, in life. And so uh, and be surrounded by uh, people who want the best for you. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just wondering, you know, when you go through something like that and, you know, whatever people say, you have your life flash before your eyes and you go through incredible physical pain and you have all this mental stuff going on because of the fact you're in hospital and you have a recovery period, you know, why decide to come back and go through the, the, the all the, the trauma of running a brewery, a family brewery where they're brewing Old Brown because... You know that's a that's that's also emotionally draining. Yes, it's um, it's it takes lots of a lot of energy, but I think it's uh, one of the nicest uh, professions uh, you can imagine. You are uh, meeting persons uh, from high uh, ranked persons till the normal people in the street. So you have again that diversity, socially, uh, uh, political persons of another angle. You are meeting, yeah. You um, you meet. Uh, you have the opportunity to meet uh, CEOs. You can meet uh, uh, people working and drinking their daily beer in, in pubs. So that's that's fabulous. That's nice. And so, uh, and we have a good painter here, and and, and a Flemish painter uh, Bruegel. He made so nice paintings about the life as, as it is. I think beer gives you a good frame, a good window uh, to the life as it is. And so, and that's why I'm enjoying, uh, yes, uh, being active in, in in the beer business. If we look at you know uh, Flemish red brown ale, old brown as a style. Um, you know, is there, is there, are you concerned about its future or maybe, maybe you don't care because your priority is your own product. But sh- to me, it's, it, it, it seems that there is strength in, in numbers in, in this region because there aren't a, a huge amount of breweries making it and it's not something that's made all over Belgium right now. So, I mean, do you see it continuing to be like a niche product that, um, you know, will ha- will maintain its special heritage linked to this region that will hopefully grow? Or do you see it becoming lost in a kind of a, a conversation more about volume, lager and hype, New England, hoppy beers, mm-hmm. you know, or, or maybe you don't think about it at all and your, you know, your focus is just on how is the Duchesse performing? I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, 
you know, are you just looking at tomorrow for Old Brown and Duchesse or is there a general sort of concern anywhere? Yes, uh, my concern is uh, that we one day we should be the only brewer to, to brew it. Huh? So uh, I think if you, you can't claim uh, a beer style uh, by only one brewery, so I think you have to be with, with a few breweries to claim a style. And so uh, you can. Uh, so I think that's important. And with the more you are from a certain region, uh, yes, the better and the stronger you are. And because if you are doing it and you're maturing it in a correct way, it's not a beer that's meant to be produced on a very large scale. It's imp- impossible. So I think uh, on that uh, part, I'm quite um, uh, assured, reassured. And so, okay, that uh, we won't, if there are more breweries producing that beer in a correct way, we can't be ejected out of the market because, yeah, okay, because we are too small. No. I think if you're doing it well, you just have to keep it small, let's say maximum medium sized. And so uh, you, you have to do it in respect of, of, of the of the production uh, tradition. Uh, and yeah, I can compare it with the street. And so if you have a street with just one pub, yeah, okay, you have just only one uh, kind of, 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 uh, of customer that is coming uh, to visit you. If you have a street with several pubs, so people are just going and moving and mixing from one pub to another. Okay, that's more enjoyable, I think. It's a place that's a crossing point. It gives you more uh, interest. It gives you more, uh, yes, um, attention. And uh, I hope uh, so that my colleagues will continue also to put uh, the um, the attention uh, or the uh, uh, sufficient attention to brewing and continue to brew that kind of beer in the future. heard cattle talk about life as it is. It's that laestric duality we were talking about before, at once romantic about Flemish red-brown beer and his family heritage, but at the same time realistic, grounded, pragmatic. He also talked about the people he meets working in a brewery, from high-ranked persons, he says, to normal people on the street, from the king to the working man. In 2018, Gadel Verhaha received a message from the Belgian Royal Palace inviting him and Isabel to represent Brauri Verhaha on an economic mission to Canada. Actually, it wasn't the first time a royal had handpicked the Duchesse. In 2004, Crown Prince Frederick of Denmark married Mary Donaldson, an Australian marketing consultant. Their wedding took place at Copenhagen Cathedral, followed by a reception in the Fredensborg Palace on the eastern shore of Lake Ezram, at which the Danish royals served a range of Danish brewed beers. There was one non-Danish beer poured, the Duchesse de Bourgogne. 
So this time, on the morning of 16th of March 2018, with temperature below freezing at minus 5 degrees Celsius, Carol Verhaha signed an exclusive distribution deal with McClelland Premium Imports on behalf of Browery Verhaha, which would see sales of Duchesse grow in Canada. The official signing ceremony took place at the Queen Elizabeth Hotel in Montreal and was witnessed by King Philippe and Queen Matilda of Belgium. royal visits continued. Last year, Carol travelled with Isabel and Amaury on another royal mission with the Belgian king and queen, this time to South Korea. Amaury then represented Brauerei Verhaha on Belgian economic missions to Mexico and then to China. All these visits improved export collaborations. So why was Carol invited and not another Belgian family brewery who were perhaps making a more accessible beer? Maybe it was recognition of Brauerei Verhaha's role in preserving one of Belgium's regional beer styles. Or maybe it was an acknowledgement of the brewery's growing international reputation. Or maybe someone had recommended Carol as a good ambassador for Belgium. Does Carol know? Yes, uh, okay, uh, we are not so tight with the king, but uh, we really appreciate uh, our king and uh, our uh, kingdom. And so I think uh, it's, uh, it's a unique country. Uh, it's uh, going together between the Latin culture and the German culture. It makes the rich, uh, uh, richness and so. And uh, okay, uh, uh, okay, we are proud that our king wants uh, to go abroad to represent uh, its um, companies, its, the Belgian companies abroad, and then to, to give them a, a bigger chance a chance and a bigger um, um, how do you call it uh, exposure exposure so, to so effe- effectively yeah. you're kind of on these the like a trade panel that travels uh, to kind of represent Belgium on like trade trips yes that's and right. it's organized by the the royal house I guess yes indeed yes so also, how, how do you get selected for something like that cattle I don't know they don't uh, <laughs> they don't uh, tell me their secrets and uh, if I should know I won't tell it to you too <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you're kind of on a trip there with other business dignitaries and uh, people from other sectors of, of... Yes, that's right. So it's always, uh, um, it's, um, yeah, to give exposure to the, yes, to the nicest things that our country can um, offer abroad. Uh, and so we have also, uh, yeah, uh, good chocolates. We see also a lot of, of um, companies uh, who are making a uh, Chocolates. We have Belgian beers. We have Belgian fries. Uh, uh, we have also a good uh, university. We have uh, a good e- education system. Uh, we have also, uh, yeah, nice conf- uh, companies who are working in, in research and development. Uh, development. We have harbors that can be also meaningful for uh, yes countries abroad who wants to import uh, goods in, in Belgium or in Europe. So we have a lot of, a lot of nice things uh, as Belgians to offer to the world. So and I'm always uh, glad that I import for of those uh, uh, royal missions abroad. Um, Verhaha is is certainly a brewery growing. You have invested in a new brew house. And, um, you know, in, in sort of the last year or two, you've, you've seen, you know, a good growth in export as well in certain markets. Um, you've taken on a new 
uh, export manager in, in Amari. 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 Yeah. Um, so, you know, in, in a lot of, a lot of Belgian breweries are struggling with certain export markets, particularly the United States, which has its own rich beer culture now and is, is growing very quickly. Um, you know, we'll see how, how the, the impact of COVID will play out and, you know, the, the numbers of breweries, if that will, you know, have any impact on how it develops. But why is it that Vraha and Duchesse have seen, uh, enjoyed continued success in a, a market which is, you know, um, quite rich in breweries? And, um, you know, what's the reasons that you've been able to do what certain other Belgian breweries haven't? Yes, I think... Um it's being uh, authentical. This means being almost the first on the market, uh, being an honest brewery with an honest product. And we don't have the means neither to, uh, yes, to um, seduce uh, the customers by publicity. So uh, the customers, uh, they have to discover themselves uh, the, the beer. And those are our best ambassadors. If they see, okay, that's an authentical beer, that's an original beer, uh, it has a certain taste, it has a certain taste profile, and they're telling it uh, to their colleagues, their friends, and okay, and they're sharing. And uh, so this is a good way, I think, to promote beer. It's not uh, by publicity and making uh, big uh, campaigns. And after five or ten years, okay, everyone has seen it, uh, the beer has maybe deteriorated in quality because it has to be successful or to stay successful. No, we want to keep our standards and it's better to keep, uh, to, 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 yes, uh, to, to, to keep it or to leave it. Huh? So uh, I think that's, uh, that's uh, or to appreciate and to leave it. Uh, uh, okay, uh, we don't want it to, and we are not in the possibility neither to serve all the people at once. No, we, as I told in the beginning of, of, of this, um, this conversation, Okay, we want to be the salt and the pepper on all the beers, existing beers in the world. We don't want to throw out someone in the market but just to say, okay, we are Brewery Vrage, we are standing for that uh, kind of beer, that's our tradition. Okay, we are working for many generations already uh, on that kind of beer. We have a certain know-how about it. Okay, we are uh, proud of it and we are proud that you will be our consumer. So there's this tradition, which is what Isabel calls a mental tradition, essentially taking the values your family passed on to you, the values you grew up with, and applying them using modern tools with one eye on what's ahead. The world is changing so fast right now. Think about how technological developments in agriculture and food production have changed the way we eat and drink. About how the internet has changed the way we communicate, in some ways making it easier to stay in touch, but in other regards making interactions more shallow and polarising us as we change the way we listen to each other. Things happen in our lives. We get fired from a job, we lose people close to us, we get sick. You know what I'm talking about. There's something in your life that was hard. 
Maybe we get hurt in an accident on the E40 between Gortrick and Ghent. All those things can cause us to forget what we've learned in the past, and they make looking ahead almost impossible. I give Isabel a call again because I want to hear her perspective on how she keeps going. My One of my questions for, for Carl was, um, you know, he's had this kind of near-death experience and this very serious accident, which shows you, you know, the people, you know, who the people are around you that are important and shows you that life is quite a vulnerable thing. And my question to him was, why would you go back to work Whenever you know you've had that experience, why would you why would you not do you know relax, stay at home, try you know try to recover? And I don't know if I got a, a good answer. But well, because I think that for me also the the brewery was important. The future of the brewery remains important also for me. Why? Because I think it was also again from because of the tradition. We have to keep the tradition alive. And I mean... We cannot stop it. it is that, that's because of the relationship with, with the, the, the generation before, that you, that you don't want to let them down, or just that... No, you, it was just... I don't know. It's, there was an expression we said, who says, when you look to the past, you're with your back to the future. And I oh. like that. Because okay, that's, I'm, that's I'm a, like that. I don't. I don't want to look to the to the past. I want to look to the future, and for me, the future is also important to pass these traditions that I received from my parents. If you look to the past, you are with your back to the future. So Isabel believes she must pass on these traditions to the next generation, but that doesn't mean always looking behind you. It means dragging them ahead, no matter what obstacles you have to overcome. If you look to the past, you're with your back to the future. Thanks so much to Mike Kearney and Dave Wallace for the writing and recording of original music and to Leander Muris for technical audio assistance. Thanks once again to Visit Flanders for their support. And thanks to you for listening. Please do recommend the podcast to someone you think might enjoy it. And if you can, please leave a review so others can hear what you think of the podcast. It really does make a huge difference to us. My name is Brendan Kearney. This has been the Belgian Smack Podcast. Until next time, love what you do.